Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 268 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Zafrat Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing well, Seth. How are you doing? Uh, doing well. Not leaving the house much, but I guess actually one thing I realized with all the social distancing stuff, I kind of just normally do that. I just like stay inside <laughs> and play magic all day. So I'm already like socially, socially distanced for the most part. Uh, Krim, we also have another co-host. Krim, you are back. You, uh, made it into the country from Japan. I was a little nervous about that. Awesome to, uh, to have you back. <laughs> yeah. I, I was also pretty nervous about being stuck in a five hour line, all that stuff. But yeah, no, I managed to get back in and only waited like two minutes through customs and uh yeah i mean that's uh pretty good uh yeah it's definitely an interesting time to be traveling so it's good that you're back uh and uh ready to do some more podcasting so this week things are weird in magic right now uh, tournaments are not happening those have ground to the halt which is actually one of the topics we're going to talk about more tournaments being canceled we had some product announcements uh, some Ooh. pretty controversial i guess product announcements uh in secret layer ultimate edition in spellbook chandra uh spoilers starting next week uh so that's kind of the topic gonna jump around on this meta stuff and then of course answer your fish mail as well so that's the plan for today's cast before we jump into it though we got a sponsor today and our sponsor is card conduit and if you've ever struggled trying to sell your magic cards with all the time and effort it takes to sort them and type them into buy lists and ship them to a bunch of places they got you covered they are the easiest way to sell magic cards if you're looking to avoid all those hassles you can use this new service from the folks at card hoarder and they will sort grade and sell your magic cards and once your shipment is processed you'll receive the proceeds minus their fee and right now you can get a 10 percent discount by going to cardconduit.com goldfish so thank you so much to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic, starting with, I guess, the big announcements of the week, with the big one being Secret Lair Ultimate. Richard, what products uh, did Wizards roll out earlier this week? All right. Secret Lair Ultimate Edition, five enemy fetch lands. So Marsh Flats, Scalding Tarn, Verdant Catacombs, Arid Mesa, Misty Rainforest. Now, this one is being sold through your local gaming store, so not online. Uh, it'll be available May 29th. Most stores will get three to five, ten on the higher end. So sold directly, and there's no price because there's no MSRP, but people are saying 150 bucks-ish for five enemy fetch lands for the new secret lair. Yeah, so I think I watched the announcement video. They were pretty coy as far as prices. I think the exact thing they said is they expected to sell for a bit more than Commander Anthology sold for, which was 165. So 150 would be that would probably be good running if you can get one for that price. I'm kind of expecting uh, best case 175 to 200, worst case who knows that maybe they'll end up being really expensive. Jeez, uh, I, I am actually surprised because Fetchlands are maybe the biggest reprint request the community has had. Like, this is something people have been asking for. And then the Secret Lair was announced, and people <laughs> were not basically happy. everyone freaked out. It was the most negative response you could imagine to something that people have been asking for. And I get, yes, it's not like having them in regular boosters. It's not going to, like, save prices or anything. Do you think that this hugely negative reaction to this product uh, is deserved? Uh, I understand it. It's pretty rough, right? Like, I mean, people want it, but like in an easily accessible way, not to where they have to pay a hundred and like sixty, probably even more dollars than that. 
Uh, so I, I understand why people are upset with it. Yeah. So without knowing anything about it, <laughs> like how it's distributed, when I just look at the cards, it doesn't feel secret lairish, right? It's just like the normal frame, uh, some beautiful art, but like just regular magic land art. It's not like we had Year of the Rat uh, or, or stuff like that. This is just lands. And it's basically from the vault, right? Like this is literally from the vault where it's uh, five cards, you know, your LGS has like five of them and they're going to charge like a lot, right? You're never going to get them at what quote unquote MSRP is. And uh, unlike the normal secret layers that are printed to unlimited quantity, this is like a super limited product. So this is not the reprint that you want to make cards cheaper, right? This is like some special foil edition. Are these even foil? These aren't foil, right? They are not They're not foil. foil. These are just like some special cards that cost a lot and are hard to get. And I, I don't know if it's good or bad because we've com- we've been complaining about how like LGSs have been cut out of the process, right? And like Secret Layer is magic, uh, Wizards selling magic directly to customers. But then they drop this for the LGS, which is supposed to help the LGS. <laughs> But you know, everyone's going to complain because you can't buy one and it's so limited. So people are going to be like, ah, no, you know, never release something via the LGS again. I need it direct from Wizards printed to unlimited quantity and like kind of just sway everyone back to the direct to consumer uh, distributions. I I don't know. I'm like, I'm a little skeptical about this because I know like people are just going to hate on the LGS for like marking up prices, hard to get. Can you even get it? Like, you know, like, Two months out, even if you could get it, are you going to your local game store? Like, are you going to go on the street during social distancing? Like, it's just just really awkward timing for all of this. So, so ugh. I think the good news as far as social distancing is these don't actually come out until the end of May, I want to say. So, so maybe things will have... Uh, improved uh, two or three months in the future. So it is. it was announced very far ahead. I, like... <sighs> I think of all the secret layers, I think this one should have just been online. <laughs> no, but they don't like, want like, to print unlimited fetch lands, right? But <laughs> you have a max, right? Um, like it's like maximum ten purchases, right? I mean, like th- this is already cheaper than me buying two scalding tarns right now if it's like a hundred and sixty. But like at the same time, of all the things to have be uh, in the LGSs, I think this one should have just been like how the other drops have been. So. I think my take is they, I don't actually have a product, a problem with the product itself. I think branding it secret layer was probably a mistake. I think if this was called from the vault fetchlands or any non secret layer thing, I think it would have went over better because I think people, because of how all the secret layer drops have worked so far, associate secret layer with if I want it, I can get it for this price for a 24 hour period. Like you don't have to worry about, the secondary market changing prices, anything like that. So I feel like branding this as a secret layer was maybe the big mistake. I actually, what do you think about the price of it? Let's assume that the price they gave, let's say $175 to $200 in that range. Like that's the, that's kind of the suggested price. Of course, if it ends up being way jacked up and it's $400, it's a different story. Is that a bad deal for One Kai Beach of Fetchlands? Because that's maybe the part that surprised me most. I get the criticism about the distribution model for this. Like, I think that's legitimate, but most of the complaints that I saw when I made a video about these reading Reddit threads 
wasn't I'm afraid I won't be able to get this. It's that's way too that's way too expensive. These should be fifty dollars. I want five fetch lands for fifty dollars. Like and <laughs> and that's way too much money. Is that is that criticism actually fair? I think it. I think it. It is fair when you kind of like tie it into secret layer. So like something like where it's a hundred dollars. Sure, five fetch lands a hundred dollars. I'll take that. Uh, pushing 200, that's a bit much, right? Because, I mean, we got the entire set of gods for 150. And that's, like, that's way more than five cards. Yeah. But, I mean, does the number of cards matter? Like, what if the secret layer was so, $1,000 for a Black Lotus? Like, you're getting a $10,000 card, but it's only one? Like, I tried to make this point on Twitter. I got a box of 200,000 commons that I can't even lift clogging up my closet. <laughs> If the number of cards is important to you, you give me the price of a secret layer, I will literally send you 10,000 cards. Like, if that's the determining factor is just the absolute number of cards, I got you covered. Like, send me that secret layer money, I will send you 10,000 Magic the Gathering cards. So, Wizards keeps dancing on the secondary market. We all know what these things cost, right? So, if you get them at anything less than what the five fetches cost today... It is a quote-unquote deal. Now, Wizards keep skirting around the issue, saying cards have no value. So if you want to use something like that, then yeah, number of cards is the correct metric, right? Uh, but, you know, they, they actually use, like, very strategic terms, like, uh, what is it, like, not wantability, like a real word, <laughs> like desirability. <laughs> Want- <laughs> desirability of the card, right? Uh, yeah. But... What people really want is this thing to be reprinted into a standard set, right? I want to buy my fetches at $10 each, right? And even then, that's expensive because, again, people don't like paying for mana. Like, it just feels bad, right? <laughs> I want to pay for splashy angel mythics and things like that. Not, you know, good mana bases. But nonetheless, $10 a fetch in standard is really good as opposed to $30 a fetch land, like, of a premium I, product I don't care is premium. Like, just just give me the ugliest, playable, legal, tournament-sanctioned <laughs> version of Scalding Tard, right? Like, no art Scalding Tard. Don't even pay the artist to, like, do just anything. Just a white block. <laughs> it's just a white block that says Scalding Tard, and I'll take it and I'll play it, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. I think... My overall perception of all this is there is some legitimate criticism that I think Wizards should pay attention to. I think branding at Secret Layers was bad. I do think the amount that local game stores are getting, I know Wizards said that there actually will be more supply out there uh, of these compared to past Secret Layer drops. Like, every local game store getting whatever, 10 or whatever, is going to add up to more than other Secret Layers. That doesn't help individual people though especially when it's cards that you want to play set of so i think people would probably be wanting like four copies of this and if your yeah. game store is getting 10 at the most like that's mm-hmm. what two and a half players can get a play set that's that's a pretty limited amount so i think that's very very legitimate the other thing though they did also say a couple more things about this one is they said that there was going to be another printing of fetch lands this year that would be available in a product through local game stores, but would not be in a standard set. So we got this little nugget that more fetch lands in one form or another is coming. Also, they're doing a meta drop or super drop of secret layers, kind of like the first drop of secret layers we got in December, where we had a whole week of them uh, this summer. And if you buy the full drop for like $150 or whatever, you're going to get a random fetch land as a bonus, kind of like the War of the Spark Planeswalkers. Mm. Does any of that 
make this better in your opinion like does the fact that we know there's going to be more fetch lands in one form or another coming and that you can get them as a bonus in small numbers with this other secret layer drop does that solve any of the issues or not really i would still be questionable about it just because what does that mean that there's going to be more fetch lands available right like what is it getting printed in how am i acquiring these so there's still a little bit of things like that you're left in the dark about it's, it's weird because why would they say that to kind of ruin this release? It's, it's kind of making you like not want to buy this because like more coming in the future. So unless they just anticipated the backlash and like they had to soften it, but like it, it just means nothing, right? Cause if it's another from the vault type drop, like I'm not getting that one either. So this is irrelevant Please, to me. Please no, I hate But that if it's <laughs> like, it could be like, oh, if you win you know the next pre-release event or something it comes in your reward boosters or whatever but you know that's hard to get or it could be like some <laughs> challenger High deck or something F&M. right it's like super easy right like we don't know what it is right so it's what if just it's a weird thing to <laughs> what if it's honestly been, commander legends like it gets reprinted there i don't know i mean that's one of that's the things i think my guess yeah honestly like it is either commander legends or something similar to that like a master style set of some kind uh if there's like another one uh in that same vein as commander legends so that would be my that was my first guess although as richard said the way they worded it maybe oh man i don't even want to imagine the freak out if this is what it is but maybe it's the the allied fetch lands <laughs> printed in the same way as a secret lair drop for every local game store gets 10 of them like i mean it's good. you have to complete the set that, but... like come on <laughs> you can't have unfinished cycles <laughs> oh boy people would freak out like if they freaked out this much oh i couldn't imagine if they announced it a second time <laughs> We're going to do it again. <laughs> I actually so, would like to say one thing about these, though. Like, I know there's a lot of, like, you know, people have some criticisms about these fetches getting uh, uh, announced and printed. But I do want to say it is pretty cool, like, how each artwork represents a plane in magic. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I think that's really cool. That is one thing I just wanted to point out. Like, uh, what is it? Arid Mace's Amonkhet. Uh, like, Marsh Flats' Lorowin. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's really cool. I I, I did like the idea behind it. So that that kind of ties back to like, does it feel secret layer ish when it comes to the art style? I would say that's pretty cool. And they did get really good artists. Like, if you just look at the names of the artists, it's a lot of the most popular artists in Magic. Like John Avon, Seb's on there. So I feel like they did make good choices with the art, and that is kind of the gimmick. And I think. <sighs> If you go back to the initial announcement of Secret Layers, one of the things they said is Secret Layers, they never said like, oh, these are going to be 30 to $50 and you get five cards, but they specifically said like, it's going to let us try different things with pricing and distribution. Like we can do exper- artwork, do experimental things here and try some different stuff. So I think maybe part of the problem is my guess is this was the plan for Secret Layers all along and that there will be other $100 Secret Layer drops. secret layer drops at different price points, but because all of them so far had been in that $30 to $50 range, I think everyone just assumed that that's what Secret Layer was, when really Wizards 
that's just how it happened to roll out. And that might be what most of the secret layers are, but I would not be surprised if we see more expensive ones uh, in the future as well. And it's kind of unfortunate that just every single one was in that same price range for the first, whatever, 15 drops or something to make everyone assume that that's what it was and kind of gloss over that Wizard said, oh, we're going to be trying a bunch of different stuff in terms of like pricing and whatnot. I mean, we're going down a slippery slope. What's what's next? Like secret layer expensive modern staples like secret layer uh, yeah. non-reserveless <laughs> legacy cards like they're, they're starting to get really specific and into kind of the cards magic players want but as an aside have you guys seen like the youtube videos where like someone like rolls up to mcdonald's and like tries to buy and eat one of every item on the menu I am no, curious I if, if I if I were to say I want to buy every single Magic the Gathering physical product released in a year, how much that would cost me? As I buy like every single secret layer drop, as I buy every single supplemental <laughs> product, as I buy every expansion booster box, like how much like how much money does the average Magic player have? Like, what is your budget for like an annual expenditure? Uh, because it's starting to add up, right? I just bought all the secret layers. It's already a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is a good point. And it probably depends on how you calculate. Like, are you buying one booster box of a set? Are you buying a case? Like, some of that stuff would play into it. But it's certainly a huge and increasing amount of money, thanks primarily to secret layers. But we also know we're getting nine commander decks this year. We're getting uh, the commander masters set, the commander legends thing. Like, there's a lot of products coming out right now. And I wonder, and I mean, I guess this is also taking place in the context of the coronavirus, really. I don't want to make the whole podcast talking about sad stuff, but... (laughs) This is the time when people are, like, struggling with, how do I pay my rent? Like, I can't go into my job. My kids can't go to school and get their, like, free lunch. Or I got to find someone to take care of my kids so I can go to work. Maybe this is the the time when people are going to have $200 to spend on Fetchlands. And I think that that's something that also played into the announcement to some extent. I don't think it's the primary thing, but I think just, like, general economic anxiety because of everything that's going on in the world kind of has people on edge and made it really easy to kind of snap at the fetch land secret layer thing i mean yeah it's like like richard had mentioned if you buy every single secret layer and whatnot i i think that uh that is very taxing i i've been very selective of which ones i buy believe it or not i love promos but i don't like buying every one of them and right now with where everyone is financially, that that is definitely going to factor into whether or not like like I'm going to buy or am I going to buy these fetches for 200 bucks? Am I even going to buy fetches anyways? Because fetches <laughs> right now are so expensive. Yeah, I think that that is a, a legitimate question. And I I don't know the answer. Like it is a weird time in magic and just a weird time in the world. And I don't know if people are going to, well, well, I guess this segues to the other product that was announced signature spellbook Chandra. We only got a couple of cards from it. Uh, Chandra torch of defiance passed in flames. The other ones will be revealed. This is a much cheaper product. This is, uh, does anyone remember what Jay sold for 20 bucks, 30 30 bucks. bucks? Okay. So 30 bucks, but is even that something that, I don't know if you're choosing between like paying your rent and buying magic cards. Most people are probably going to choose to pay their rent. It's just such a weird time. So what do you think about Spellbook Chandra, uh, the other product that was announced this week? Well, Chandra Torch of Defiance is like, what, 23, 25 bucks right now? So like for $5 more, I can have three other sweet cards. I'd probably pick this up. 
yeah, depends it's, how much you need Chandra Dorcha Defiance, right? If you if you're waiting for yeah. a new, it's it's a special frame. So it's the same art as before, but the frame is different, and there's like a little fire effect. Uh, so I think it actually looks pretty cool. But like, do you need Chandra's? Yes, buy the product. If you don't, then uh, no. I guess it depends what the other cards are. But I'm gonna assume Chandra is the most expensive card in the set. Oh yeah, the, Chandra's definitely gonna be the most expensive card. And I mean, believe it or not, I do need Chandra's. I got rid of all of mine when they sold for like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean. It seems like this is probably going to be a big deal just because of Chandra. The first two signature spell books we got was Jace Bellerin, which not anywhere near as expensive as Chandra has been reprinted a bunch of times. Gideon Jura also not especially played anywhere or very expensive because it's been reprinted multiple times. So just the fact that it's being led by a, you know, $22 Planeswalker is a pretty big deal. And Past in Flames is a legit card, too. It's been reprinted a couple times, but that's another, like, $7. So maybe we've already gotten all the the high-value stuff from the set. What else do you think? We have six more cards to go. What else fits with the, the Chandra motif? Uh, any predictions? Um, <laughs> I, I this, this is something that I just didn't know was uh, hard to find, but... It's it's from Origins. It's the five mana Chandra card where you target a creature and then it deals its damage equal to its power or whatever to everybody at the table and creatures. It's a five mana oh. red. Like that card should be in there because I think that card is oddly difficult to find, even though it's not necessarily insanely expensive. Is it Chandra's Outburst? No, no, that's not it. I think that is, uh, I think Outburst is like the removal spell. Is it like Fire Servant or something? I, I can't remember. I kind of know what you're talking about. It's a sorcery about. spell. I just can't remember the name, but I think that should be in there. Cause I think that, that, that card, if I'm playing like a red EDH creature heavy deck, I definitely want it. Maybe Cathartic Reunion would Ooh. be in here. Oh, that would be a good one. I was thinking, uh, another, speaking of origins, Pyromancer's Goggles, maybe, would be another, Ooh, yeah. another good one. The legendary artifact that uh, copies the spell. That could be another good inclusion. And then I'm guessing there's probably going to be some cheaper stuff. Uh, maybe like Red Elemental Blast or something like that would fit in. Like something would along Bolt, those lines. Would Bolt be crazy? I mean, we have Brainstorm, right? We have some pretty signature spells in there, like when you think of the color. <sighs> so like, is Lightning Bolt a card they can also throw? Because if they do, then this... This spellbook becomes ridiculously value, right? Is lightning bolt That's an expensive why I'm card? They won't. Well, I mean, you're telling me you wouldn't want a lightning bolt, right, with Chandra on it? Like, like well, I, 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 I would, right? But like, is it expe- Like, do they? Does the price matter? <laughs> like, is it expensive that they're like, oh no, we're not going to put it in here, or is like lightning bolt actually like a fifty cent card and no one cares? I mean, it's like three bucks or oh, something yeah, like that. I, I think like the normal cheapest version is like three bucks. Although at the same time, like if you look at the old signature spell books, I think like the Jace counter spell is like three or four dollars when you can get a cheap counter spell for 50 cents or something. Yeah. And then like, well, Gideon comes with path and, yeah, uh, and like whatnot. Lightning bolt. So I, what if I they give you shock? I would be lightning strike. I'm a lightning strike. <laughs> That's a personal attack on me. If they're like, yeah. here, have a shock. What? You gotta have something that's standard legal, probably. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> just give me a mountain. I mean, it seems <laughs> it seems like it's probably gonna be worth it just because of Chandra, as Grim said. Like, a $30 product that has a $22 card 
it's probably not only going to be worth it, but it hopefully will bring down prices. Like that was one of the big complaints about Fetchlands is this isn't going to drop prices. This seems like a product that is going to give you some cheap options to pick up. Uh, so hopefully that is at least one positive out of it. Because even if you look at a, like the old signature spell books, a lot of those cards are cheap. The path is like $6, rest in pieces $5, worship is like 70 cents. So you get some pretty decent cards at a really cheap price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's why I've been a huge fan of these. Like, I was a fan of these spell books, but I don't know. I guess they kind of halted that. I, we'd only gotten, what, like two, right? Yeah, Gideon and Jace. I think we've been getting one a year, I think, for the last, like, two years. What's the I'm other pretty sh- sure oh, that Jace- okay, one a year for the last two years. Like, hold on. Have have we had more than Gideon and Jace? I don't think no, so, No, right? just those just those so far. Just Gideon, Jace, and now Chandra. Although, didn't they say also that there's, like, a commander spell book that's happening? That oh. or, I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's something similar, where it's, like, five commander cards or six commander cards in a cheap box set. So I know that they promised that was coming this year. I don't remember if it was actually called a spellbook or something else, though. <laughs> At what point are they just like, <laughs> from the vault? Secret layer, pretty much a secret <laughs> layer, also, or secret layers like a spellbook. I mean, Wizards is all about selling people singles right now. <laughs> like that seems to be the theme of 2020 is to just like get as close as you possibly can to selling singles. I mean, and, uh, real estate spellbook just got announced. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Any any other thoughts on? our new upcoming products before we talk a little bit about more meta stuff in the magic world. All right. So the other big news of this week uh, is we got more cancellations. So we talked a little bit last week about some SCGs, uh, some upcoming and the next couple week GPs being canceled. But then later in the week, we got an announcement that, the Mythic Invitational that was, I believe, the end of April was canceled. The Pro Tour uh, or Players Tour Finals, which was April or May, was canceled. So we got all of the big upcoming Magic events are basically gone at this point until, geez, I don't know when the next one is. Like, maybe June or July hasn't been actually canceled yet. What do you think of these cancellations? And secondarily... Any idea when we get back to playing Magic? Like, at this point, are you expecting Vegas to be canceled? Are you expecting Pro Tours uh, in Invitational through the summer to be canceled? Like, how long do you think this is going to go on? I mean, I I could see this going on for, like, three months, maybe maybe even more. Who knows, right? Like, I mean, it depends on <clears throat> vaccines and stuff like that. Who knows, right? So I think a lot of it is going to come down to just online. I, I think they have to find an alternative uh, to make it so that there are GPs and ways to get uh, mythic points or whatever uh, to pl- and get it all online. The hard part is, uh, despite calls for being able to run actual tournaments on Arena, that's still not something that exists at this point. So we don't actually have good tournament software for running events like that on Arena. Uh, or Magic Online does do better, but then it's Magic Online and <laughs> some people aren't, you know, fans of that. So can they do that? Like, so far, every big arena tournament has been in person, where you can make sure no one's cheating, you can get around bugs and internet problems in certain ways. Can you run a Mythic Championship where you're just like, hey, everyone, chill at your house and log on to arena? Like, is that even possible? Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't think they would do something like that. Like, what they could do is bring back the MPL or something, where they have, like, a bunch of pros streaming together or something to have some kind of spectacle going on, but like an actual high stakes 
tournament, you can't, right? Because people could cheat. What if I have LSV playing for me and I'm not LSV, right? Like, you, 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 know, you know, like you could do all kinds of things like that. So I don't expect kind of like the marquee magic tournaments to go there, but you might have like some Twitch rivals type event or something like that to, to kind of fill the void. But like, I, I don't know, right? Like, people are busy, right? Like, you know, like Wizards employees can't go to work if they're, you know, I don't know if they're going to work still or not, but, you know, they may not be going to work. Like, they don't have time to do this, right? Or it's hard to kind of schedule all of this at last minute and try to get it out in like two weeks. Uh, so I don't know that anything is happening. I think they're just pushing back all the events and then just waiting to see because this yeah. is not a problem unique to Magic, right? Like, movie theaters are going bankrupt right people can't pay their rent right like uh there's no food on the shelves anywhere like there there are other problems the world is uh, trying to deal with at the moment so i think they're just pushing magic off and then we'll see what happens but like if the nba is canceled right like you, you yeah. better be sure that magic is also canceled right so yeah yeah especially i mean you got for big tournaments, you have people coming from all over the world. That seems like the exact type of thing that we're trying to avoid with social distancing is just like those big gatherings with people from all over, like some of the highest risk events right now. So it makes sense that it's canceled. How big of an impact does this have on magic long term, do you think? That's one of the things that we've been talking about a little bit on Twitter today is, uh, I mean, the whole stock market is having issues, but Hasbro stock is down literally 50% in the last month, which is even more than the market as a whole. Is there any concern that this is something Magic doesn't easily recover from? Like, could this be, someone said, it's going to take a generation for Magic to, like, recover from this. And I, to me, that felt a little over the top. But, like, is there long-term concerns here with local game stores shutting, going out of business? Margins are already tight. You don't really have the ability to run pre-releases or have people come in for FNFs. Like, could this blow up the whole Paper Magic system? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. LGS is like, so every day we hear about LGS is like barely holding on. So not having anyone come to your store for two months, uh, is probably a nail in the coffin for those kind of stores, right? Like the big stores will survive and, and go on, but the little stores are probably gone and they're probably gone for good, right? Like it's not like when this blows over, they just reopen the store, right? No, like we have no more money. We yeah. have nothing. It's closed. It's done, right? You have to wait for someone else to come and start a new business. So I think there will be lasting effects uh, to this, just like we're going to see lasting effects to the movie industry and things like that. Uh, I wonder if Wizards uses this opportunity to double down on Arena and effectively put another nail in the coffin for Paper Magic because, you know, how is Ikoria sales going to be? Are people going to go pre-release? Are, are you going to buy any cards knowing that you can't play Paper Magic for the next X months, right? Or unknown if you can play Paper Magic for the X months. So it's going to have a big impact on the upcoming products. And if the parent company Hasbro is not doing well, like that's not good for Magic either. So I, I expect there to be definitely repercussions, but I, I don't know about a decade's worth, but uh, there will be something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good point. Like, are, are we going to see card prices drop? I think that's another really interesting conversation. Like, do you buy magic card, paper magic cards right now, knowing that you can't really use them outside of maybe playing with your roommates or family at the kitchen table type of thing? Like, do you even spend money on that? Can you spend money on that? Are you selling your magic collection to pay for your rent? Because 
you can't go to work right now. Like that is, there's so many ramifications to this. And I think it's definitely, I, I don't know the answer to it, but I think it's a very real and interesting topic. I mean, can you really sell your collection right now? Like who's buying collections and, and all this stuff right now, right? So it all kind of just circles around and goes back into each other. Like in times of need, yeah. people cut kind of the luxuries and excess, right? And magic by definition is one of those, right? Like it's entertainment. It's super expensive. You can barely afford it when like things are going well. So when things are not going well, you know, that's the first thing to go as you focus on daycare or, you know, rent or food and stuff like that. So yeah. And I, th- I think play I arena think is free, magic? right? <laughs> like, I don't know, right? Yeah. Like, even if you need your entertainment, there are like other free sources, right? Like a lot of games and stuff are offering things for free or for cheaper because they know everyone is staying in, uh, which Wizards hasn't done yet for Arena, but I expect <laughs> them to do eventually. And I hope it's generous, but... Uh, vintage cube they need to bring vintage cube back to magic online for the for the extent of this yeah or just bringing back like ranked drafts or something i, I don't know right like there's very there's things they could do or they could bring brawl back for free or something right just to keep everyone who's sitting at home kind of happy and it costs them basically nothing but uh, a lot of other games are doing that so or you know you could just start watching netflix or I don't know, my phone has unlimited data now from my carrier. Like I can watch YouTube on the go, but I'm not even on the go, so it makes no sense. Uh, but I don't know, there, there's other ways to get cheaper entertainment in this kind of emergency mode. So that's why I expect Magic to be the first to go. Like That's why I'm curious what will happen to Secret Lair. Secret Lair is actually just like extra premium, extra money. Will people be buying it uh, during this time? Yeah, I I don't know the answer to that. I guess... I'm sure everyone, even outside of Magic, is just hoping that uh, this is something that you know we can deal with and and get through as quickly as possible. But it still seems like we're at a point where stuff is probably even just day by day stuff is getting worse before it gets better. So it's hard to speak with any confidence about anything as far as uh, that's concerned at this point. But I imagine not too many people are going out to play F and M. I don't even know. Like uh, in some places, the stores might even be closed. Like I don't know if you can. Like a lot of places, gatherings of more than fifty people are banned, and that probably doesn't hit every LGS for the most part. But I don't even know if people will be going out to play Magic. So it depends where you live. Like where I live, if if I'm driving to the grocery store, there are so many people on the street acting like nothing's happening. Right. So I'm like, yeah, we're screwed. (laughs) Right. Like we are 100% screwed because. People are like, yeah, I'm healthy. I'll just walk around, right? And I'm like, you know, did you really need to like go to the bar and have a drink? Like, was that really necessary, <laughs> right? So, yeah, it depends what part you're in. Like, I so I think some regions take it more seriously because if you see other people walking around, you're like, oh, it's probably fine. But if you go outside and no one is around, you're like, uh, I should probably get indoors. Like, no one is outside. So, I think kind of the herd mentality kind of affects like the behavior of like where you are. But there's a lot of people on the street still here. My LGS is closed. And I mean, I know, uh, I'm not sure if it's like that in California or not, but I know in New York now they're closing all uh, restaurants, eat-in restaurants, movie theaters, uh, all that kind of stuff. So maybe that, the speaking of the herd mentality thing, maybe if there's just, you can't go to the bar, you can't go to a restaurant, maybe that will force people to some extent to to stay home because where are you going to go? Yeah. Well, one cool post about all this Corona stuff is like I saw someone post on the Magic subreddit their setup for 
playing physical magic over Skype. And they basically made a light box, which is uh, a box people use to like take professional photos of like products. And it's like a cardboard box. They cut a little hole on top for you to put your camera on. So like as a mini tripod and then another hole to put a lamp through. So it lights up the whole box. And then in the box, they have their play mat. And that way you can play magic with someone over Skype or Discord or whatever. And I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a really cool innovation. And hopefully we see more like that. There's got to be some ways you can get together, quote unquote, with your friends to have an EDH game without physically, you know, going out to a local game store or something to get by. So I think it's a really cool idea. And maybe we'll see more of that as a way to stay involved with the game, stay connected uh, without, you know, physically being connected. Yeah. And I wonder if this revives Magic Online some more. Like Magic Online got a surge with Pioneer. But now if you want to play modern and are desperate to play modern, like... There's only one choice, Magic Online. So I wonder if we get an (laughs) influx or like people play Commander on Magic Online, which historically has been super unpopular. So I wonder if there's an influx. It definitely doesn't seem like a bad thing for uh, Arena or Magic Online. Uh, If anything, it seems like it probably hurts Paper Magic and probably is beneficial for both Magic Online and in arena because if you're going to be stuck home you're going to want something to do that's the other thing i was wondering about hasbro is maybe this isn't as bad for them as it looks because the other thing that you'll do at home is like play board games and stuff like what else are you going to do so maybe maybe everyone buys panoply because their kids are out of school for a month and i don't know <laughs> and you gotta have something uh, that, to do that uh, I, counters the 50 percent drop in stock price <laughs> that, that, that's a lot <laughs> imagine you that's woke a up lot tomorrow. of monopoly and that's like a lot half of, of your belongings are gone and you're like, what? <laughs> right? Like, that's a lot. <laughs> I mean, like, if, if we're talking paper magic, I think Skype and stuff like that is, is pretty much like how I would be playing EDH. It sounds weird, but like, honestly, like, <laughs> that's the only way without, like, if you want to use your paper cards, I think Skype, Zoom, or whatever, <laughs> Discord yeah. video call. So like, real talk, do it. it's 2020, yeah. are people still using Skype? <laughs> But I, I don't is know. It, is it just like, old timers? Like, yeah, I'll just fire up my Skype. Or like, do kids even know what this is? Like, is this a thing? Yeah. Or is this just back us in old my people day. showing our age? <laughs> uh, all right. Any other? Well, let's move on. To answer some fish mail and uh, talk about happier things. I think than cancellations and whatnot. Richard, fish mail us. Oh, I got I got spoilers for you, Seth. Fish mail is not happy this week. <laughs> if you have oh, questions, no, I... send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail. <laughs> And we'll get to your questions on air. So like I alluded to, there's a lot of fish mail on Fetchlands, which I think we, we talked about. But people are generally not happy about them. Uh, but one of the things, a common theme is the secondary market. So true cost 77. How is it possible for Wizards to sell five pieces of cardboard for 150 and claim they don't acknowledge the secondary market? I feel like 2020 is nothing but Wizards treating Commander players as their collective piggy bank to take all our money. How do you feel about premium products kind of pushed out and kind of focusing on commander players uh, as a way to kind of take advantage of the surge in popularity of commander? It's the year of commander. We just didn't realize that meant (laughs) taking as much money as possible from commander players. But no, I think this came up a lot. People keep saying Wizards doesn't acknowledge the secondary market. I think there's a big misconception there. The secondary market is the driving force of Wizards' business. When they make products, 
they are considering the secondary market. I believe they have economists and statisticians on staff whose job is to analyze the secondary market. So when they say they don't acknowledge the secondary market, that just means they don't talk about it publicly because of gambling laws. Like, that's a big thing. For magic to work and not be gambling, Wizards has to be selling us a booster pack with 15 cards for $4 or whatever. If they start marketing it as i'm selling you a chance to open a 50 dollar card <laughs> then all of a sudden it's it's very clearly gambling the only way that sports cards and magic and Yu-Gi-Oh have managed to skirt by gambling laws is by that model like i'm selling you 15 cards for that price that's what you're getting you always get that if the secondary market does crazy things with the prices we can't control that so that's what, how they don't acknowledge it i do think as we talked about earlier there is a concern that they're just printing so many products uh, especially at a time when people are already hurting financially i don't know how that's going to go over but i think people do need to realize that the secondary market is the basis of wizards business they just don't talk about it publicly all right wolfy star one two three how would you suggest solving the problem between casual and competitive edh at a paid lgs event there sometimes can be a disparity between very competitive and new slash casual players being in the same pod (laughs) (laughs) That has been something I've been trying to figure out also. <laughs> How do you make it so that you can s- differentiate that? And I, I think one of the things is like Channel Fireball and like whatnot, all of them, they recently released a, uh, a scale, right? Like the zero to whatever, 10 scale. I think that's a step in the right direction. You could try to do something like that. Like, does my deck have an infinite combo? <laughs> okay, so it's a five, I guess, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I, I like the I idea well of not rewarding the winner. Uh, the idea, like, say everyone gets a ticket to when they come in, and then at the end of the match, you can award your ticket to anyone you want. So you could either just all keep your ticket, or uh, you could all give it to the winner, or if someone does something really cool during the game, you can give it to them. And kind of just not incentivize winning, if that's not... The goal, like if it's not competitive EDH, you shouldn't incentivize someone coming in with their ten deck, claiming it's a three, rolling over everyone, taking all the prizes, and going home. <laughs> like you know, you don't want that to happen. So I, I think just not incentivizing winning and letting letting the players in the pod vote for who gets the prize. But I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. I like that idea as well. I mean, I think trying to grade your deck on a number scale is fine. I just remember my experience at Vegas was <laughs> it's a lot harder than it looks. Like, yeah. it's so subjective that if everyone sits down and says my deck's a five, that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone's deck is going to be equally powered. It's just really hard to grade your decks that way, I think. Yeah, one thing it playing is. random pickup games at Vegas taught me is is just bring a lot of decks of different power levels so like as you sit down and you know everyone wants to play competitively with high powered decks you can bring that out if everyone's just playing their pre-cons then you have a janky deck to pull out so if you just have kind of multiple decks at different power ranges you're always kind of covered for whatever the table uh wants yeah that that's pretty much what i did for vegas i brought i brought a way different scale of power like when it comes to like the three decks i brought like one was like pretty much worse than a starter deck (laughs) and and somehow i built a deck that was worse than a starter deck (laughs) 
Uh, okay, Baze Hughes dies. Hello, crew. I listen on iTunes, and whenever I don't have an active episode playing, it defaults to playing your inaugural episode. It makes me question: Have you ever listened to your old episodes and realized how far the podcast has come? I haven't. I have. I wonder what it sounds like. To. I mean, I, I randomly watch our old videos sometimes. So if you look hard enough, you can find me doing gameplay video on the channel. <laughs> You Wait, can find <laughs> an imposter Seth. Like if you ever watch Seth's like first video, <laughs> it sounds nothing like Seth. And you're like, who is this guy? <laughs> and like, was this really our video? I'm like so confused. So maybe we should do that for the podcast. It'd be actually hilarious. Uh, I think we did it once for like episode 100 or episode something. We did some clips from an old episode, but it's been a long time. It would be cool to revisit again. All right, hold on. I gotta, I gotta skip all these Fetchland questions. Hold on. <laughs> There's a lot. They're all kind of the same. People are not happy. Uh, the price is right. Do recent price increases suggest people anticipate an incoming Splinter Twin unbanned? Hashtag the new Stoneforge mystic. I mean, yeah. I think, I think that Splinter Twin is probably going to be the next card, kind of like Stoneforge was, kind of like Bloodbraid was, that people are apparently going to buy out because they're assuming it'll get it unbanned eventually. Uh, this was kind of the first time that happened with with Splinter Twin, but uh, I would be surprised if it was the last. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Splinter Twin's that big of a deal when you think about what's going on in Modern. Oh, I, I've actually shifted back to Splinter Twin should not be unbanned because of Mystic Sanctuary. <laughs> I like, you cannot... <laughs> You cannot empower, like, two-color blue decks. They're already too strong. I, I don't care about your stupid infinite combo. Just don't play Mystic Sanctuary. Thank you. <laughs> Shadow of Doubt, then. Look at that. They can't They can't fetch for it. <laughs> I, I, I need two mana. I got to hold up two mana to counter their fetch land activation <laughs> the entire yep, game. Yep, but you draw a card. But you draw a card. Totally I play. I play that card, uh, four of those, in the main deck of my modern deck. So... I, I Blood Moon mono blue decks. Like, I'm like, I'm just keeping Blood Moon in here, right? It's like my best answer to. Because <laughs> it actually keeps them off Cryptic Command, too, right? Because if they draw fetches, like, they can't, they can't actually Cryptic. So I'm like, oh, this Blood Moon is so counterintuitive, but okay. Uh, all right, last question. Uh, MTG Warden. Hey, Seth, you played Manalist Dredge this week, but once upon a time got banned, as we all know. Do you think there's any replacement for it in the deck to keep the meme alive? There's very good news here, which is, once upon a time, I actually think it's really bad in that deck. Let me talk very briefly about once upon a time Manalist Dredge. <laughs> it's the card that... So, for for the deck to work, you need a dredger in your opening hand. That's the whole gimmick. And what Once Upon a Time does is it tricks you into thinking you can keep a hand with Once Upon a Time and it will find you a dredger. But then when you cast it, you get a bunch of Vengevines and Ornithopters and you don't hit a dredger and then you concede. So I actually <laughs> honestly think even if it wasn't banned, you should be cutting it from the deck. But yes, cut it, replace it with more dredge cards. Uh, the rest of the Golgari Thugs are the first two to add. And then... I I don't know whatever else dredges the highest in modern it's, it's there's probably something better than life on the loam but yes replace it with dredge cards and i think the deck actually is better that way even if once upon a time was legal all right uh that's all our fish mail this week thank you to everyone who sent them in if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air 
And that, I believe, brings us to the end of episode 268 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Cripp, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes down in the world of magic. Maybe some spoilers, fingers crossed. We know Ikoria spoilers are starting next week. I don't know if it'll be Monday or not, but it's coming soon. So, until then, everyone, stay safe, have a wonderful week, and yeah, this is a cruise signing out.